Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice and emails from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey. Hmm. Hmm. What's wrong? Hmm. Hmm. What's wrong? What? Your, your iPad looks different. What is that? What is it? Stop. Stop. Wait a minute. Stop. Is that the brand new? That's the brand new iPad Pro 2020 with the backlit Why keyboard you, and the, the mouse magic keyboard. Pad yeah, the, trackpad on oh, it. Yeah. Man, look at this thing. It's pretty nice, oh, man. It works goodness. really, really well. Yeah, I like it. Wow, look at you. I like it. Yeah, it's got the cursor and everything Ooh, on it. Got yeah, your Trump bumper sticker on the back. Cover. Yeah, I do it's not nice. have that. Don't, oh, it's coming. Don't, don't worry oh. about it. Like I ordered <laughs> You've that already, yeah, you already ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you love? I, you love your iPad because you use it for work, use it for ministry. Use it. I use it more but, than uh, a laptop. Honestly, the only reason why I use a laptop is for our audio stuff. Yeah, yeah. For the church and, and for D&D. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I do nice. everything from an iPad. Now, um, do you preach from an iPad? You want to. You know, I have not made... Th- I've done it before. I've done it before, like, when, like we're tra- when we're traveling, like, to New Zealand stuff. I'll conference stuff. We conference have a lot of stuff, stuff yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah. it. I've done that. I've, and I, because I was in New Zealand and was preaching at, uh, at Anthony's church, mm-hmm. an 829 church there, in Taranga, mm-hmm. uh, good people, good people, great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I preach from an iPad there. Yeah. Uh, now, typically, I don't. I don't. I might. I, I'm. I don't know. I don't know. If I have a lot of paper, like if, if it's a lecture, then frequently I'll have notes and I'll. I've used an iPad, but yeah. I still. If I'm preaching, preaching, I just give me that. I might, I might. I might give it a whirl at like a leadership lab yeah, at some point. Just mm-hmm. to. I, I don't. First time doing it. I'm not doing it up front. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I just. I just. Can't. We got to get you preaching on our uh, video Sunday. Ooh, yeah. you want to yeah. do that? I would love to. Yeah, yeah. No, you're It'd not. be you're fantastic. No, it would be so great. What else? What? No. Well, how long are we going to be doing this for? Oh, you don't want to have that conversation. I'm, well, I'm not afraid to have the conversation. Oh. We're trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know? we are. We had a meeting last night about it. Yeah, in the bunker. <laughs> in the bunker. You're, you're in, the, in the virtual bunker. Mm-hmm. You know, wading through what it could potentially look like. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Red Dawn. That's yeah. what's going on right now. I knew it. I actually like was going into that meeting thinking, yeah, I think Joe's going to try to... Wolverine! Yeah, Joe, <laughs> Joe's going to try to riot. <laughs> Joe's going to be like, all right, guys, it's time for us to take up our arms and get but this just done. our literal arms, though. A literal yeah, arms. Just, yeah, just our arms. Yeah. Raise them up. Worship. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> we got it. We got it. How's your day been? Good, busy, lots to do. Holy smokes! Yeah, you are busier during this COVID. Yeah, than you than you typically are. Unless I'm just Costanzaing the whole the whole thing. Like oh, when and the, George Costanza would walk around like he was all stressed out at work when he had nothing to do, and people would leave him alone. Yeah, I could be doing that. Yeah, when he was a uh, was was he was he at the for the New York Yankees? Was he working yeah. in the front office? Yeah, I yeah. remember that episode. That was good. And at one time he built a, a napping station underneath his underneath desk. desk. Yes, yeah, I remember that. that's a good episode. That's a good episode. Yeah, I've been listening to some new met, some new metal, and hmm. uh, I've been working, and I'm still behind on my sermon. I'd like to be farther along, so. Yeah. Oh, and, well, mm-hmm. and you got Wednesday night service tomorrow. Yeah, that's night. that. That though, on the other hand, is uh, still not done. So, yeah, I'm working on that. Though. <laughs> that won't be finished till tomorrow. Mm, it's yeah. gonna be great. Or tonight. It's gonna be fantastic. Mm, well, I you know what I'm gonna talk about on Wednesday what? is uh, we're just gonna talk about uh, 
Dane's book, basically. Oh, Gentle and Lowly? Yeah. yeah. We're just going right. to talk about that verse and what Dane good. had to good, good, what good, Dane's good. contributing into that conversation. It'll be fun. No, because on Sunday, you called his book Humble and Lowly. Yeah, I didn't have then you, And then you fixed it. Then you fixed yeah. it. Yeah, because you were making the face. I, I you were did. like, oh, you dummy. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't know what to do. Do I interject? And yeah, say, yeah, you could have. could have helped me out there. No, I can't. Doesn't matter. It's, it's, listen, Joe and I play around a lot on Sunday mornings. Let's just be honest, right? Like, we, we yeah. joke around. Yeah. But we're here for like six hours on a normal so Sunday. The thing is, though, the one part we don't joke around on yeah. is the preaching of God's word. Yeah. If you're doing an announcement, I'm going to do whatever I can to distract you. Yeah. We will, we will, when you're preaching the yeah. word of God, I'm like, nah. I don't care who's up there. One of the ladies can be up there. I'll mad dog her <laughs> until she looks at me. And they know that don't look at Joe. Yeah. Uh, but if, if, other than that, other than announcements, sacred. Don't, yeah. don't play. Yeah, don't play around. Mm-hmm. Don't play around. Well, Joe, what are we going to talk about today? Look at a bag of mail. Ooh. Bag o' mail. I'd love bag of mail. You know, uh, I feel like it's a little patriarchal to call it a mail bag. Um, but, uh, but fortunately, uh, <laughs> so we do we, have a, a woman so wait, who how has is, written in. Yeah, mail. I don't mean female bag. You know? why, why is bag of mail any different? No, I'm saying both. Like a mail bag and bag of mail. It's just we should have a different word, like um, some gender neutral term instead of mail. Envelopes. Yes. And. That's a little feminine, I feel like. I don't know. Why? I don't know. It just sounds Why? like en- envelope. Who says that? You ever say envelope? No, you never say that. You no. just say, give me that thing. <laughs> I do only say, give me that thing. The thing, the, the one thing, the check, yeah. the check goes in yeah. that thing. And you're not licking it either. You have the, the adhesive strips that come off or you have somebody else lick it for you. Yeah, it actually, yeah. there's no adhesive strip, but it is self. Yeah. Yeah. I, gotta I, ain't, I ain't licking no, that. No, no, no way. No, that's how the cancer gets you. That's, that's mm-hmm. just, that, that's how COVID came about. I, I think so. That's yeah, because exactly. the blue's made out of uh, bat guts or something. Something like that. I know. Yeah, no, it's from Wuhan. Who knows? Yeah. It's a Wuhan envelope. We're going to do, uh, we're going to look at three emails that came in recently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these are pretty, pretty diverse questions. One has to do with elder board. One has to do with what makes a baptism legit. And one deals with conspiracy theories. Oh, here we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first one, diversity on the elder board. Yeah. Uh, Jofo. I so appreciate you both. Yeah, well, we appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, Jacob. The Lord has used your podcast to really grow my faith. Piper was my gateway drug into Calvinism, but you guys have taken me to me dive. <laughs> he sounds like he's high on the drugs. <laughs> you, you guys have taken me to me. Yeah, We've taken yeah. him to himself. You're welcome. Uh, to dive, wait, taken me to, to dive into the glorious depths of Reformed theology. I have a question. I live overseas and serve as an elder of an international church. It is a joy to serve a diverse body of believers from 52 other nations, all united by the blood of Christ. There aren't even 52 nations, are there? That's like way too many. Stop. I serve with other men to lead the body, and we are all pretty theologically diverse. Mm -hmm. We are all united around the essentials, but different in other areas. Soteriology, seeker sensitivity, and other issues divide us. These divisions don't impede the church, but challenge me and have forced me to be gracious to my fellow believers. Good. All this being said, how do you guys handle disagreements among the elders? What issues would you draw a line in the sand over? What problems do we need to submit and be charitable in? Thanks again for all you do. Jacob. You don't need to be thankful for all Jimmy does, by the way, because some yeah. of the things Jimmy does are No, no, you're yeah. welcome. Uh, okay, so let's just say on the outset that um, you are in an international church overseas and uh, that is very diverse. Yep. We do not have as much familiarity in that area. Uh, no, no, so, I am the diversity. Yeah, J- Jimmy, Jimmy 
counts as how many different ethnicities? Four. Four ethnicities. I think my wife said five, but okay, we'll go with four. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you said you're uh, united on the essentials, and it would be good to spell those out, but let's assume it's the fundamentals yeah. of the faith, right? Uh, inerrancy of scripture, salvation through Christ alone, faith alone, uh, virgin birth, yeah. Christ's return, yeah. stuff like that. But then he's saying that uh, that there's a lot of diversity over, you know, uh, some theological issues, including soteriology. I assume he's referring to Calvinism versus yeah. non-Calvinism. Yep, yep, yep. Um, secret sensitivity and other issues. Now he says these issues don't impede the church, but challenge him. So Jimmy, do, do you think that those doctrines and those issues can impede a church's mission? Do I think, could they, is that what you're asking or that is what I asked? Okay. Well, no, there's a difference between can and could. Yeah. yeah right. I, I said, so, could. and so can I think they? it depends on the individual. And so here you're saying these divisions don't impede the church, but challenge me and have forced me to be gracious to my fellow believers. Right. So I think if you have that humble attitude, realizing that these are still brothers and sisters in Christ, that, uh, and these are, well, you're talking about the elder board, the brothers in Christ that can still work together for the, uh, uh, the glory of the church, right. Or glory of, of Christ in the church. Then no, I don't think, I don't think it, it I don't think it does. Okay, so uh, that thing flying away right there was my point. So let's go bring it back. All right, go um, okay, let's see. Go ahead. Can bring it. those issues yeah. impede mission? Yes, they can. They right? can. They, they can. Yeah. And so, like this, this would be. But it depends on the person and the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To 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 a large degree, but at some point, it's possible that even if you are united on the essentials, you've got a preacher who's preaching through books of the Bible, and he's preaching through Scripture, and he's going to have to take a stand on certain theological issues. So then, yes, at that point, that still could. Yeah, it doesn't still, mean that it will. Yeah. Yep. And so I think you guys are going to have to know. I mean, so unity on those essentials is critical, but you're still going to have to have a statement of faith or a confession yeah, yeah. that you say the, these are the parameters around which we are united. Joe Thorne. Joe that. Thorne. Church well, splitter. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not splitting. I'm, I'm uniting. But united around. Never mind. Go ahead. But I would say that. Um, there has to be a sense in which the elder team recognizes that um, if we if we are allowing disagreement on the elder team on soteriological issues that in my mind are not significant, you're going to have to then defer to the preaching pastor or prohibit him from preaching what his conscience calls him to. Correct, and that's that's the part that I, as I look at this and as I, as we're talking, like for me, it doesn't impede how I deal with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. But I do think it, it, it does impede as you're talking about the leadership team, because the leadership team has to be united because what happens if someone in the church is, I guess, bringing up a different sort of viewpoint, right. And they're going to go and gravitate to that elder yeah. that it falls in line with them. Right. So, okay. So pastor Jimmy, said that uh, he doesn't believe this, but Pastor Jimmy was preaching that all the spiritual gifts are active in perpetuity. People can speak in tongues and mm -hmm. miracles are performed by anybody that has that gift. And yeah, don't find that 2004 sermon audio. Go ahead. <laughs> so if, um, if Jimmy says that or, and uh, people can rally behind him and say, like, well, I know that the rest of the elders don't believe that, but Jimmy's preaching that. So, I mean, Again, it, or if let's just say I'm preaching and I'm preaching a cessationist position, you know, the biblical one, and um, and somebody says, well, I know Jimmy doesn't buy that. They rally around him. It just, it, 
I don't see how it can't create some problems and some obstacles to deal with. It's going to eventually produce some obstacles, hopefully not uh, an, an impediment to the mission, but you know, we're just so easily distracted and frustrated. Yeah. I think in any church you have to recognize like not everybody here is going to agree, but among the, that's the thing is among, among the, elders, the elders, they need to, have, they have to among the elders, especially as you're talking about Joe. Uh, Cause that, that never dawned on me, the preaching pastor, like, we all have to be okay with what you're preaching on, right? Because as elders, we have oversight mm-hmm. of uh, of the word being proclaimed there, right? While you yeah. might be the, the preaching pastor, like if you were to say something out of line, you would be challenged by us, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh, I, or, or worse, right? I mean, depending on, on what I actually said. Yeah. So for example, if I were to preach through the book of Revelation, which I'm considering, um, oh, that'd be fun. Oh, so maybe. I will be teaching an amillennial perspective once we get to the end of Revelation. And, um, you know, and I, I, my take is our elders are either amillennial or are sympathetic to it or just haven't really wrestled with that particular yeah, yeah, doctrine yeah. yet. Um, I don't, we may have a premillennialist on there, but I know that none of them would be troubled by me preaching an amillennial perspective. So there can be diversity and there will be some diversity on any elder board, but you have to have confessional identity of some sort to keep everybody in bounds. And then outside of that, then there are ways to handle those disagreements. And you might even have to say as the preaching pastor of a church with diversity on the team, the elder team to say, well, listen, guys, there is diversity of opinions on this issue. This is mine. I don't speak for all the elders on this, but this is how I'm taking this particular view. Mm. There's ways to handle that, I suppose, but I would feel safer in a church where all the elders are in agreement on those essential doctrines or those important doctrines. And I'm the one that says, well, I'd actually disagree with the elders that they would be split on something like baptism for me is kind of bananas like that to me there's no matter. way we're gonna be yeah not here no 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 well so he's getting into this and he he says that um how do you handle disagreements among the elders well now what you guys don't see and which is why we need to get video uh, video mm-hmm. is joe and i are both smirking mm-hmm. at each other yeah. because disagreements come up yeah jimmy usually just shakes his head in the well, not usually <laughs> but recently well i mean like last night <laughs> Just, just kind of shakes his head back and forth in this disagreement. All right, I'll, I'll be honest, and I, and I, I know our people know this, right? Yeah, we have a, we have different personalities mm-hmm. on the elder team. Yeah, and some uh, of the elders have no personality. You know, it's very diverse. <laughs> it's very diverse. <laughs> some of us have too much personality. Yeah, some of us do, mm-hmm. and some of us, like me, uh, give their opinion. And know that they're right mm. and can't really. So when I'm hearing something else, I'm like, ah, no. Um, Brian will shake his head too sometimes when he does. He's like, he'll start shaking his head. I wasn't going to call out another. Well, you're, no, but I'm, I'm, it's not something bad. He'll just be like, no, I'm not buying that. And yeah. it's not, it's not a disrespectful. Thing it's not disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. So, but we do sometimes get heated conversations yeah. and by heated, like animated, uh, animated. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's really good. It's really healthy. It's pushes boundaries. Uh, and, we we said long ago, mm-hmm. right from the start, yeah. we don't sit here and like tiptoe around each other, no, right? Don't have time. We don't have time to walk on eggshells. We're going to say it and move it. We're all we all exactly what this brother have said. Uh, uh, he says 
this has challenged me and have forced me to be gracious to my fellow brothers. Mm-hmm. As elders, we give each other the benefit of the doubt. Right. We might not understand the argument, but we at least know the heart. And yeah. the heart is one that loves the Lord, loves the church, and loves me as a brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that I know every single elder has. Yep. Right? Even those shaky elder candidates. Yeah. And you know what? No, for at this point, I don't believe they have it because they're not on the elder team. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. So no, I'm, I, that's why I said elders. I, I only elders. think that about the yeah, elders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The candidates, maybe. Mm-hmm. More like candidates. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, we, we've shared this, that on the podcast, we tell all of the incoming elder candidates and we remind each other, guys, let's assume the best of each other yeah. and get to the point. And if you're upset or you have a problem, share that. And if we need to apologize, we will like, like, but we just, we can't just assume the best of each other and move forward. We got to get going, but there are disagreements and, um, sometimes we got to work it out. Sometimes somebody has to come along. Uh, sometimes we just don't move forward on something because we're not uh, in, yeah, yeah. in unity on that. Now, the larger the elder team, it usually breaks down to percentages. So like if you have 10 elders, it might be like, well, you have to have six or seven elders to agree for something to move forward versus unanimous, which is what we've been Which doing. is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. For now. Yeah. Until someone disagrees with me. Yeah. And then it's, uh, it starts with the head shake <laughs> and then it's censure. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. So I, I think I do love our elder meetings though. We have great elder meetings. I, I'm I always encouraged. Yeah, I, I love those so men. Good. We had a very big elder. That was a special called elders meeting last yeah. night yeah. dealing with important stuff. And like I left encouraged. Yeah, I really did. I was like, yeah, I feel good now. Mm. I think I'll stay up till two. Um, that, that's what encouragement does to you. It makes me want to stay up late. Our, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Watch YouTube right. videos. Of what? Doesn't matter. No, no, no. Of what? It doesn't matter. I was doing research. Of what? A member of our church had asked me some questions about an area that he is unfamiliar with, and so I was just pulling together some stuff for him to watch. Of what area? You know, uh, civil rights. Mm-hmm. Did yep. it have to do uh, with guns? Amend- I had one of the amendments. I got was, uh, was it the second? It, it you know, might have been. Might have had to do with the second amendment. Oh, so, right. so you're looking up guns. Yeah. No, I wasn't looking up guns. I was just I was like, oh, here's some stuff I can send to that guy. Mm. Mm. And was that guy Steve McCoy? It might have been Steve McCoy. No. <laughs> <laughs> People got questions, you know. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. And you know what? Stuff. And you are the person to go to in our church. Not really. Really? Oh, oh I know Herman knows yeah. more than you. Ooh, way but, more. Yeah. yeah. We got some guys. We got some guys that know. We got some guys that, that hate guns, and we got some guys that know everything about guns and yeah. teach it and are range and then, masters. Yep. And, and there's some of us that just don't care. I'm just like John Wick, though. That's my thing. You're John Wick? Yeah. I think so. You're, you don't think? Can we focus on the thing? All right, let's focus on right. this. I'm really surprised that you drew a comparison to you and John Wick. The only thing, you have mm-hmm. the knife. I do. And I've got the knife. By the way, I'm, getting, I'm upgrading to the big one. Oh, I'm not upgrading. No, you will uh, when you see mine. <laughs> send me, gonna, send me a link. You're gonna be like, oh, Michelle's gonna kill me. I'm getting a yeah. new bag. Oh, poor Michelle. She gets. She's just gonna get this iPod, your new iPad, in a month when you get the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Though she did get my old one. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, next one. Validity of baptism. All right. Um, it's a little bit long. Yeah. Let's see. Hi, brothers. Thank you for what you do. Where do you guys stand on what is necessary for a valid baptism? I'm asking because I grew up in and still attend a particular Baptist subdenomination, the Primitive Baptist, that requires rebaptism of any other member prospects coming from a different denomination, even other Baptist denominations. Uh, the history of this is long. Uh, I'll spare the details. 
the historical argument is that the primitive Baptists can't be sure that baptisms from other denominations are valid due to a variety of reasons. And so every new member, even believers previously baptized in another church, should be rebaptized, no exceptions. I've been bothered by this for a long time, even before I married a Christian girl from a non-denominational church, preacher's kid, in fact. And a couple of years ago, I discovered your video about communion, from which I was introduced to the writings of John Bunyan. Hey. Mm -hmm. And that, combined with my own continued study, has further increased my conviction that this policy is faulty and causes unwarranted division. I've expressed this concern to my pastors, whom I admire and respect, and they agree with my complaints that this policy is inadequate and that there are many churches whose baptisms we could probably receive with a clean conscience. However, they are not eager to change the policy without having a plan for what they would do instead, which is respectable, and uh, uh, this young man uh, acknowledges that. But they also don't seem have wait they also don't seem to have much time to fix it. I'll admit the thought of going through and developing a comprehensive formal doctrine and policy of baptism does seem daunting to me as a layman, but I also know there are lots of thoughtful pastors like you guys who have come to a very different position on the issues and it seems to be working okay. So I'm curious for y'all's feedback on the matter. How do you know when you accept someone's baptism and when to ask them to submit to re-baptism? Mm. All right. Very nice. Email. Why don't we take a break? That was long. That was, that was that, long. but you know what? It was nice. And uh, any issue there was uh, like, you know, he had good grammar. Fairly good grammar. Fairly Not too good. many mistakes. What? No, yeah. the mistakes were mine. No, there were a few. That's all right. Um, okay. So, well. <laughs> Joe's such a hater. The, we don't know enough about the Flintstonian or primitive Baptists. So, um, we're really not going to call it Flintstone. primitive, like <laughs> primitive man, Flintstones, caveman, Flint, Flintstonians. That's what mm. I, that's how I think of that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure those are, those are cool guys. And, you know, their concern for maintaining order in the church, of course, is commendable. Yeah, uh, we want to yeah. take baptism seriously. Too many places do not take baptism seriously. And, and as Baptists, we are in the hardest position because like our Presbyterian and Lutheran brothers, we agree baptism is, um, is essential to church membership. Yep. But how we define it and how they define it are somewhat different. So totally, uh, totally get that. Um, let's get back down to this whole thing. So first of all, big picture, let's just say this. How do most Baptist churches handle receiving members or people into membership from other churches? Uh, they typically ask, uh, have you been baptized by immersion as a believer? When and where? Yeah. And then we find, oh, I was baptized as a believer uh, this year by this pastor in this church. And most Baptist churches that I know count that. If you've been baptized yep. at an Orthodox evangelical yep. Baptist church, uh, if, if you're Baptist by immersion, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're good to go. That's how most, so it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be an overly complicated uh, sort of an issue, but there's always going to be, uh, especially if your church is growing, uh, the problem of like, so there are going to be people that you, you don't accept. And there are people here at Redeemer that we do not accept their, what they would call baptism experience. We would say it's not baptism. So we would need to have you properly baptized. But as you're really, as you're working through this, what Baptists and, and I would just stick to Baptists. Baptists generally are working through a, f a number of different issues when they try to, con when they're considering what makes someone's baptism legit. Uh, you're talking about subject mode, meaning, uh, is there an affiliation with a church? Um, who's performing the baptism mm -hmm. and, and how was it done in terms of the wording or the formula, as some people would say. So subject of baptism is something we got to consider, right, Jimmy? Yeah. Like who's the individual? Yeah. Uh, baby. Yep. Uh, believer. Yep. 
Like who, who is, who's going to get wet basically. And so as Baptists, obviously we we're convinced that though the only proper subject of baptism is a believer, a person who has confessed faith in Christ, repented of their sins. Um, those are the, those are the suitable candidates. And if someone was baptized as an infant for us at Redeemer and for pretty much every Baptist church, we would say you were sprinkled as a baby, or even if you were immersed, like in the Orthodox churches as a baby, as an infant, um, because you were not a believer at that time, we don't consider that to be a baptism. It's something else. Um, we know that that tradition recognizes it as, as baptism. We do not. So that person in our church would need to be rebaptized. Now, we recognize them for communion. So what's the difference? Why do we recognize them? Like, like our Presbyterian brothers and sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Why do we recognize them for communion, but not membership? So, yeah, that's a really good question. And he brought up John Bunyan, um, who, who makes this argument. So at Redeemer, when it comes to the Lord's Supper, uh, your differing experience and position on baptism uh, does not bar you from observing the Lord's Supper with us. If we have Presbyterians and Lutherans visiting, or if we have people here who have have not been baptized by immersion, but they are believers and walking with Jesus, they're allowed to come to the table. Um, If, okay, so we're we're open in that sense. Um, Why do we not allow those people to actually join the church if we allow them to the Lord's Supper? The elder team at Redeemer is very Baptist in that. Mm -hmm. So we would argue collectively that um, membership is a covenant commitment made between uh, believers and and the existing church that we share certain fundamental beliefs and doctrines. And baptism is, of course, one of these fundamental doctrines that we hold to. Now, as an individual, I think that you can make an argument that, well, if you disagree with us over baptism but want to join, you can still join, but probably not teach at the church or something like that. I think you can make that argument, but the problem then comes if they actually believe in infant baptism and they're joining the church and then they have kids, what do you do? Like they really can't go somewhere else. I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah. we, we as, as an elder team fall there. So we're open communion, which most reformed Baptists don't like. They think it should be limited to only those people that have been immersed as believers, but we're still closed for membership. Meaning you have to be a believer in Christ who has been baptized by immersion. Yeah. So there's, there's no under and no circumstance. Would we consider, I'm, I'm thinking of Lutheran and Presbyterian, right? I understand Roman Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no circumstance where we would say, okay, uh, we would recognize that towards membership. No, we, we our, our policy is, is, is very, very clear. Um, you have to be baptized, and baptism is uh, the, the water ritual. We think immersion matters because we're Baptists, mm-hmm. but it is the water ritual of a believer's association with Christ in his life, death, and resurrection. So, uh, yeah, if you've been sprinkled as a baby, that's not baptism. We just, we don't find that to be baptism biblically. And so, again, if a Presbyterian were to say what you experienced wasn't baptism, they wouldn't admit you to their membership either. But a lot of Presbyterians will take a Roman Catholic baptism because of the formula. It's still triune, Father, Mm. Son, and Holy Spirit. Whereas I wouldn't recognize a Catholic baptism because while they have the they have the Trinity doctrine right. The Roman Catholic dogma rejects the gospel. Even if that individual believes the gospel, the church rejects it. So it gets a little more complicated, which is why we're talking about these particular issues. Because 
it's not like, okay, you've got to be able to check these five boxes and understand them in a very specific way in order for your baptism to be considered legit. But you have to think through things like subject and even mode, which is what we've been talking about. Yeah. I mean, whether they were uh, sprinkled, you know, whether they poured, poured, effusion, they call that immersed. Yep. Sprinkling, pouring or um, immersed. Now, listen, I wish it didn't matter. I wish my conscience just was easy on this and be like, don't matter. I know yeah. our Presbyterian brothers would say it, the mode is not important. Um, even, even Calvin who would say mode isn't important. He says, well, no, clearly people were immersed in the Bible. They were, they were dunked for baptism, but mode isn't important. Um, so I get that. Uh, I, but I, I, I'm compelled by my understanding of scripture that it, that mode actually does matter. Immersion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no you got to consider that. I mean, whether or not that's something that you take very seriously yep. or have a conviction on, that's a that's another issue. And along with that, then, I mean, what's the meaning of baptism, right? Like, what's mm-hmm. the point of, of getting it done, right? Does it take away my original guilt? Well, we both know it does not. Yeah, there's no, no getting rid of my guilt. No. Well, I mean, Jesus can. Like, Jesus, but not, 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 not by, you know. Yeah, it, I probably wouldn't even get rid of my BO. So I mean, there's oh, not, there's not, there's not, uh, there's not much power in that water, and our water is funky. Yeah, no, no, we got this old building. So yeah, what does it mean? And this is where, when you read uh, both Baptists and Presbyterians on the meaning of baptism, there's there's beautiful harmony and overlap there. Mm. Um, we we so much of what the Presbyterians have written on the meaning of baptism is is rich and wonderful and. We want to affirm so much of that, but you have to consider like when you were baptized, what was the point, the meaning, the teaching that, you know, this relates to other issues like we're going to get into church and, uh, and, and, and the administrator. Mm. So the church comes up, right? We already mentioned Catholics, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, are the, I, I, I couldn't recognize a baptism from a Roman Catholic church or a Mormon church or a. You know, there's, there's a number of, you know, quasi-Christian groups out there. And I'm not saying Roman Catholic is quasi-Christian. I'm just saying Roman Catholic and then other quasi-Christian and religious and cult mm. groups uh, do practice forms of baptism. And even if they got the mode right, uh, I, I, you have to consider whether or not it's, it's appropriate coming from a church that teaches false doctrine fundamentally about the gospel. Yeah. And then what about who's administering, right? Like who's actually doing the dunking? Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob, Uncle Bob just baptizes everybody in my neighborhood. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. He just uh, he gets the slip and slide out, goes right into a wade pool, mm. and he just pushes you down in there, and as you're sliding down, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, splash, boom, you're good. Uncle Bob. All right. Yeah. Well, and again, um, like most Reformed churches would say, it, it's, it's, it's got to be administered by, um, by clergy, by an elder. Um, and, and we essentially take that line, except to say that we would say that it needs to be overseen by an elder. Um, we allow other people in our congregation to do the actual dunking um, under the authority of the elders. And mm. so, for example, if... Um, and it's typically someone that's already in a position of leadership. Yeah, most of the time, not yeah. always. Uh, but it's like if it's like, hey, my father led me to the Lord. He's been a great godly example. And the elders know him. And we're like, yes, you come on up and you can do the dunking. Uh, but it's always somebody that's been very involved in that kid's life. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oftentimes, yeah. it's a it's it's person, it, it, maybe a youth group leader, uh, youth group teacher, something like that. So you do have to work through what do we think about who has done the actual mm. dunking of this kid or this adult in that particular you know, situation. And then, yeah, formula, right? Like Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's Matthew. 
Matthew 28, right? But there's other scriptures out there where it's just Jesus' name. Yeah, like Acts uh, 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, Mm. for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, Acts is after Matthew, so does that trump it? Uh, I don't like to use Trump mm. these days. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. I think it's potentially off-putting and offensive. Oh, and is so it you, you should at least say trigger warning before you do oh, that. Oh, I so, am so sorry. I did um, not realize the snowflake yeah. that you are. Yeah, well, you know, I've, I'm virtually blinded by your Trump flag that uh, was mm. sent to your house, and now it's gotcha. hanging proudly in your front lawn. Yeah, yeah, because it's uh, hanging right now. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's not hanging. Oh, is it not? No, it is why not. Why did I get you that flag? And you don't I hang don't it? know why you did it. I told oh, you not to do it. That's $5 down the drain. Yes, okay. it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the, I think the formula is important. Um, and again, that's something that should be considered. If somebody says, I baptize you in the name of Jesus, uh, if that's all that they said, I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not worried about it. If, every, if they're checking all the other boxes that I think are important, um, mm-hmm. I'm not troubled by that. You, are you troubled by that? Is that a problem for you? If what? If they don't say Father, Son, Holy Spirit. No, I'm not troubled, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, yeah. Again, because not only do we have the, the clear statement of Jesus on what to do, um, but we also have you know 2,000 years of church history and the greatest theological minds arguing for, for this. So yeah. I do think it's a, a important, worth talking through. And, you know, so basically uh, what makes a baptism legit? I want to know that a person was a believer um, baptized by... Uh, another believer in association with leadership in a good church. Yeah. That's at least really overseen by leadership, yeah, right? Yeah. It ain't just down by the river by some guy that you saw online. Like, like, yeah. Down by the river makes me think of Chris Farley. So <laughs> you got you. a man <laughs> down by the river. Oh, poor Chris. Poor Chris. Oh, mm. last one, Joe. Okay. Here another, we go. Another email on conspiracy theories. All right, here we go. Now I won't say her name, but the yeah. woman who wrote this, she, her last name sounds like a, somebody that would host a conspiracy theory podcast. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Uh, it's Dr. Deborah Burks. So, <laughs> Corona conspiracies abound. Help. Need some advice. Hey, guys. No, start over. Hey, there you go. guys. I've been listening for a while now and love your podcast. We love you. Thank you. Uh, I've been seeing several videos and information getting shared in my Christian community about how COVID-19... Just so you could just say COVID. We all know what you're talking about. But COVID-19. C word. You could say that. Is due to a conspiracy on the part of Big Pharma, a new world order, etc. Plandemic movie and Reverend Danny Jones on YouTube. Have you all been hearing about all this? If so, would you speak to it? How should followers of Christ handle these types of conversations? To me, it seems to breed fear and mistrust versus driving people to seek their comfort in the Lord. I would love to see a faithful pastor or scientist address this kind of information. Thank you for all your insights, and thank you for how you guys faithfully serve the Lord. But don't read so well. All right, yeah, good. Okay, I don't read so well, but yeah. Uh, Thank you, thank you, Heather. Your comprehension is very good. I will give you that. Thank you. Good comprehension. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. So, um, okay, yes. uh, Now, this is in your wheelhouse. Go ahead, Joey. (laughs) Conspiracy. Now, right. how about this? Yeah. Plandemic movie. Mm-hmm. I've not seen that. Yeah. Now, right. I can't speak to that. Mm-hmm. Joey, have you here? Okay. Uh, let's 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 say a couple. I, I want to say a couple of things. Hold on. I want you to first answer. Have you seen that movie? I've seen parts of it. Yeah. Okay. Continue. All right. So just because first conspiracies do happen. Let's admit that. 
Mm. Um, in fact, some yeah. famous conspiracy theories have been proven to be true. Yeah. Bigfoot can, is could, out there. <laughs> that's not a conspiracy. That's just uh, cryptozoology. Anyways, um, we can- I am like <laughs> astonished how you corrected me on that. So, um, well, there's, there are some a, people that have argue a new it's conspiracy. Level, I have a new level of respect for you for that. The only people that argue that Bigfoot is a conspiracy cover-up is because they usually associate it with uh, the government hiding Bigfoot for various reasons. But most most of the people that are into Bigfoot is just a cryptozoological wow. uh, issue. But um, <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, there are conspiracy theories that have been proven to be true. You can look that up. I'm not going to get into all of that. But that, that there are some that have been proven to be true. All right. We're not talking flat earth and uh, fake moon landing. Okay. We're not talking about that crazy stuff. We're talking about other things. Um, Cause those things have yet to be proven as true conspiracy <laughs> theories. I do not believe that those are true by the way, for the record. Um, and, and we shouldn't be afraid of the concept of a conspiracy because the heart of man is sinful and wicked. Yeah. And yep. Cons- yep. 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 Can't, you can't really understand it. So uh, let's say that, but I do agree with what she's saying that many of the conspiracy theories and the promotion of those things not only breeds distrust, um, but it it also is a means of distracting people from the truth um, by mere uh, hypotheticals, if not outright lies. When it comes to things like the pandemic pseudo documentary. There have been a number of people that have gone through the trouble of of debunking it and showing uh, the the problems with uh, the main actor or character in that movie. And um, so you could literally just look it up, uh, exposing pandemic. I mean, I don't know how many different uh, people, doctors and scientists have actually spoken to it. But yes, we do see um, a lot of conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. out there. And yes, Christians are are certainly not the, 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 the slowest to share them. Uh, not maybe they're not, I'm not saying they're the fastest to share them, but they're not the slowest. <laughs> are you saying we're not the sharpest tools in the shed? I'm saying that some people are rightly concerned about things that are happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes will allow their concern to be co-opted by a conspiracy theory because it is, articulated well and in a way that they can comprehend when they do not have the science history or facts to counter that presentation. All right. Two part question. First, who are you thinking of as an example? And second, why is it James white? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That I'm not thinking of James white. First of all, I'm joking. James white is not a conspiracy guy. I don't know if he is or he isn't. He stopped, I have, he stopped I being have, my friend. But so if, he, if he became it, one, I, I would know. I have not seen anything online now. He's definitely against a lot of things on this, but I've not seen him, uh, you know, put forward. I have and, not and, seen and, any I, James White conspiracy theories. No, no, not at all. I'm just playing around trying to get Joe. But I think we should start a conspiracy theory about James White. You know what? There's that lots of other good. people that they're probably out there that don't like him that are doing that. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Don't do that then. Don't do that. Um, there's a, there's enough fake news out there in the world today. I was talking with, um, I was talking with a, a local pastor just today about all of this stuff. And then some of this was, had come up, uh, in God's providence. And you know, what we were pushing on was this idea that if, if we didn't believe that God was sovereign and in control and had given us his word to not yeah. only change us, but to guide us, uh, we would be far more frustrated 
by the questions and the concerns that we have about the current crisis. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be concerned in general. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't dig in and hold people accountable. But guys, I, I, I think it's it's fair to say if, if you are captivated by like people, the people that are getting into the, um, the flat earth theory, um, they're, they're, <laughs> you can, you can demonstrate to them on so many different levels why it's wrong, but they have bought into a system that it's just impossible for, or seemingly impossible for them to disentangle themselves. And because the internet allows us to be so connected, interconnected and yeah. interdependent on one another, we keep we exist in an echo chamber that just reinforces what we're already believing. Mike, the thing that I'm usually pushing on people is, okay, so show me the really smart people that believe what you're saying right now. Show me the people, I mean, show me people that are you know, in this field, that are experts in this field, because that would lend some credence to it, whether it's... Um, yeah, quit leaking, you know, they're like linking to, you know, Joe Exotic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Joe Exotic's views on anything, uh, I'm not going to take too seriously. Yeah, yeah. But like, okay, so show me some some actual, you know, peer-reviewed scientific journals yeah. or, and of course, people might argue that that's all conspiracy theory as well. It's all it's all locked up. Well, and it's, yeah, away. yeah, yeah. So when did Big Pharma buy you, Joe? Uh, you'll know when Big Pharma buys me because I'll have an iPad Pro like you. You know what? That was really, really well done. Mm -hmm. So... It, it, you mentioned something there, right? Because there's been something going through my head of like, at what point is this like bearing false witness, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I guess really it's not if like if you are perpetuating these conspiracy theories because you said they believe it. So it's not like they're intentionally lying. Still bearing false witness. I mean, oh, if, if, you, if even if they're if not intentionally doesn't matter what their intention is. If you're saying like, listen, I'm convinced that my neighbor is abusing his kids and you start telling everybody he's abusing his kids ah, okay. so without, his without kids. proof of it. Yeah. So then let's speak to that. Then let's speak to my neighbor. No, Oh. <laughs> let's speak to perpetuating these conspiracy theories is a form of bearing false witness. It certainly could be. And I, you know, it's, it's okay to talk about them. I think it's good to talk about them. Um, but let's try and have like a real conversation about it. Like what doesn't hold up here? Um, what does? Because here's the thing: in in many of the conspiracy theories that are out there, there's a lot of truth in them. There's a lot of there's not just real questions. There are real facts that can be distilled. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick did not get the right, you know, the lighting, the, for the lighting moon for the moon landing. Got shadows coming from two different directions. I love no, that we both knew yeah, yeah. the Stanley Kubrick one. Yeah, I'm actually surprised by that. What? Not you. I'm surprised oh. that I knew something about that. About anything? Yeah. About that, that oh, you also knew because yeah. I knew you'd be up on that. Yeah. Are you at least impressed? I am. I'm not impressed because I, I know you. We're like two peas in a pod. We're like, uh, you know what we are? Mm. We're like Simon and Garfunkel. We're like uh, Garfield and his owner. You're Garfield. Mm. Well, I am big. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but like Garfield's the funny one. And he's, well, he's the star. And he likes lasagna. And he likes yeah. lasagna. So, you know. I do I'm love the, I'm just a boring white guy. You know what? This stands. <laughs> you're John. Okay, that's his you're name. You're John. John. I can't believe you knew John. I'm more impressed about that. <laughs> you're more impressed about that than I knew there was a, a conspiracy theory dealing with Stanley Kubrick and yeah. the moon landing. Yeah, and how they got the lighting wrong. Uh, you're more impressed yeah. that I knew a comic book character, like, char comic strip character, yeah. rather than... Because Garfield hasn't been relevant in 20 years, and it was never that good, and John was the most inconsequential character. So, yeah, I'm impressed. John is not inconsequential. Well, you're just saying that because I'm John. 
So no, I, no, no, I no, thank no, you I'm not that. saying that. Oh. He feeds Garfield. Kind of. There is no story. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, let's say John Wick comes in and shoots the other, uh, John, Jim, what's the guy's name? John. Shoots him in the head, kills him. Mm-hmm. Does Garfield just die or does he find out another place to live and takes, he's resourceful. He dies. No, he doesn't. He dies. You don't know Garfield. He's too big to get out the door. No, he can get out. He's outside. Read the comics. I, I never read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not missing anything. So, yeah. right. Anyway, Star Wars. You can skip all of it. Skip Garfield <gasps> and Star Wars. I am Jeez. still, I love my Clone Wars right oh. now, y'all. I'm loving my Clone Wars. You know what I want to do? I want to do what Jared Wilson and all these other guys are doing. I want to go. Be irrelevant? Star Wars. <laughs> Please. I want to be like, Star Wars movies rated, ranked, and just give them all zeros or all Fs. Yeah. Just, yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. I just enjoy. I enjoy good movies. I enjoy. But I don't enjoy Star Wars. <gasps> Depends on which one. No. You know what? You have no, you're just a hater by nature. No, I like a lots of stuff. Like what? Well, never mind. Let, let's stop it there. I was just talking to my daughter Catherine about the movie Hush. It's a thriller. Mm. Serial killer guy trying to get in there and kill this deaf mute woman. She's got to fight him off. Yeah, that's a good one. Better than Star Wars with Baby Yoda and Baby Baby like well, Harry on, Hobbits t- or whatever that stuff is. Man, we actually just introduced the kids to the Hobbit. That we watched all three. Hobbit. Yeah. That's another one. Lord of the Rings. Terrible movies. Terrible movies. Well, I don't I don't get you. Ugh. Not even good. Greg likes them. Oh, I bet he does. Yeah. Yeah, your friend Greg. Yeah. Greg Earl. He likes them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did he get his law degree? Liberty? <laughs> okay. Find a find some find a Harvard grad that likes uh that likes those movies. A Harvard grad? Mm-hmm. All Harvard right, guys. Law School. You know what? I, I don't like you talking down. You know, oh, to your fourth best friend, yeah, that's kind of it's kind of hard not to from the perch up here as in the first best friend position. Anything else on conspiracy theories, Joe? No, but we would love to hear <laughs> what your favorite conspiracy theories are and why they are true. <laughs> well, you can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. They can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast and hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on. Ooh, go ahead. Wednesday. You know what? Yep. I've been dropping some of my past articles. That yeah, I've written they've been places. really good. So you know, we've um, we 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 are uh, we we had a helpmate for a while um, running the the blog mm-hmm. part, and um, he has not been able to help us. So I just stepped in, and I ain't got time to to read all the other people's submissions. Yeah. So I'm putting my stuff up. So let me get this straight. Yeah. You don't have time mm-hmm. to take a look at other people's writings. Right. So you're going to promote yourself. All right. Fresh I'm, pod every Monday and a, Thursday. Blog post on point. Wednesdays. Later. You misinterpreted that. Mm-hmm.